Hello and welcome. It's the in- I I I said it's the indie. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. It's the indie football podcast with your humble. Wow. wow. I literally went there. That's hilarious. Are you the humble host, sir? Yeah, I'm the humble host. In fact, it's in my note. I just what I say as well. I say a humble opinion. But anyway. Oh fuck. Right. Okay. Start again. Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. Today, I'm totally excited. We're talking about how to make indie films with the king of indie films himself, Alex Ferrari. Hello, Alex. How are you? <laughs> I don't know about king, but I appreciate the intro, sir. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I am Giles Alderson, producer of horror comedy, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, director of the vampire documentary World of Darkness, and the psychological horror feature film The Dare, starring Richard Brake, uh, starring Bart Edwards, Richard Short, Harry Jarvis, Mitchell Norman, Deborah Wilde, Alexandra Evans, and Daniel Schutzman, who is one of the leads in the World of Darkness documentary, which is available now on Vimeo. The link will be in the show notes. It's super. If you like vampires, if you like the world of darkness, if you like role-playing games, this is the story of how the world of darkness came about. It's cool. It's really interesting. Uh, so that's some of my cast in the dare. Um, brilliant. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. You know what to do. You're going to get the podcast first. Just subscribe to us. There they are. Straight in your inbox. Straight away. Um, it helps us get rocking up the charts as well. Why not leave us a nice little review? Why not? Whatever you're doing, just stop. Find us on your device now. Click five stars. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so joining me today to talk about making indie films and there couldn't be more indie films themselves. This is Meg and his recently shot film at the Sundance Film Festival on the corner of Ego and Desire. It is my delight to welcome to the show Alex Ferrari. Hello, mate. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. I appreciate oh. it. Absolute pleasure. Um, you began your career as an editor, mm-hmm. and you quickly moved up the ranks as a colorist, post-production, and visual effects supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you exploded onto the indie film scene with your short film Broken. Yes, um, which screened at like 160 film festivals, right, and has reviewed like 250 news outlets in the world. Roger Ebert as well gave it a really nice little review. Yes, it was. Uh, he was very kind. He was very kind to me when I met him. And was that your first ever short? That was my first, well, first the one that I was shown in public. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That at that yes. point, at that point in my career was the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I tackled. So yeah, pretty right. much. Right, love that. Um, you then went and directed the award-winning short film Red Princess Blues, uh, which is based on your live-action feature film. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, did that make sense? Yes, yeah, live-action feature film script. Yeah. Script. Yes, because I, I never was able to get the financing for that movie. So, ah, uh, so but the short did really well. You, you, you had Richard Tyson, who was in Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Grant who was in Die Another Day, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Forster. Yes, Academy. Brown. I mean, yeah, Academy Oscar, Award uh, nominee. Yes, it was. Man, when you work with someone of that caliber, man, it is no joke. It's like he was so on. It was yeah, amazing when you work with people like that. It's just like they just do it. It's 
effortless, especially someone like him who's been doing it for 50 years. Um, It was great. It was great. Yeah, and we did that short, and then we did the animated prequel because we had nothing else to do. So So that went out and did a whole bunch of stuff as well. I poured a lot into Red Princess Blues and trying to get that movie, the feature made, and it just didn't Mm -hmm. work out. It wasn't the way it was. It wasn't my path, but it was okay. We had a lot of fun. What do you think the reason was why it didn't get made now, knowing what you've made, knowing what you've done and achieved? And Um, what's the main reason? I think the timing of that project didn't make sense because I was it was a female lead. And in that time, it was a very difficult Mm. sell. Today, it would probably do a little bit better. Um, okay. It is a genre movie. It is um, it, it it lives in a weird budgetary world, meaning like a four to five million dollar world, which is not a nice place to be unless you've got major stars attached. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it was a difficult. It was a difficult package for for its time, which was probably about five years ago. If I went mm-hmm. out with it again today, maybe it would do better. Um, okay, but I kind of moved on. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's sitting on my shelf. It's sitting on my shelf. Yeah, maybe sometimes you have to, don't you? Yeah. Unless a studio comes to you and says, "Right, what have you got that fits this mold?" You go, "Well, all right, I've got this." Yeah, you don't. You, there's some dude I when put, you've worked on something for so long and you put so much effort into it. You sometimes you have to let it go and I, just yeah. Yeah, and look, on. I was on that thing for five years trying to get it made, yeah. and I, I went mm-hmm. through. I went to studios. I went to. I just did so much on it to the point where I was just like, you know what? This is just. I've spent way too much time, extremely way too much money, um, and it's time to move on. And did you think that sometimes you were the problem? Not because you're not your ability, but because they were looking at you going, well, this guy's not made a feature film. So as much as we might really like the project and we like the short, we love the short, but... Uh, we, we don't know if we can make it with the first timer. Was that a problem? Always. Always. Yeah, okay. I heard that a million times throughout mm. my career. On every project I ever was attached to to be a feature film director, it was always that uphill battle of the first time director BS, even though yeah. I had spent probably thousands of hours on set doing commercials, music videos, uh, not to mention my post experience, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention other shorts that I did. Uh, yeah, you're probably on set more than most people. The work that you've done was right. like, yeah, you, you know how to work a set. You know what to do. You know how to make a film. Yeah, so it was it was very frustrating as a filmmaker not to be able to be taken seriously. But you know what, man? Mm. As And you can only see this from the distance of of age and experience. It's that it's if it's not happening the way you want it to happen, there's a reason. And, yeah. and that's just the way you have to look at it. You can't look at it any other way because – you know, if I would have gotten where I wanted to go in my twenties, I would have probably self imploded. Absolutely. I would yep. have, I would have, my ego would have been at, my ego was out of control then anyway. But <laughs> I could only imagine if I would have like started directing and making five or $10,000 a day as a commercial director, I would have self imploded. I think I would have destroyed mm-hmm. myself. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I, I'd say the same thing as well. It, it took me eight years to make my first feature film and, the same thing. If I'd made it earlier, it, I probably would have bombed. It wouldn't have worked. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, experienced enough, educated enough in life. There was all these things that there was a reason for it. At the time, it felt horrendous when you're so close. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Jason Statham attached and you've got oh. Fox Search like going, yep, we're doing it. We're doing it, doing it for it all to fall down. It's devastating and oh. horrendous. Oh, I've been there I, many oh, times. Many times. <laughs> and the amount of filmmakers listening to this probably have too. It's, th- this is just the way it is. Accept it and you've got to move on. You've got the, to just keep The one fighting, thing I right? could say in, is that sometimes it's better to not get so close 
than it is to get so close and get it yanked from you. Because yeah. that's happened to me on multiple occasions at the highest levels of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you the stories. I'm actually going to tell you this. Uh, I'm going to tell that story in another day and another time. Um, okay. But um, I've been so close so many times, been attached to so many projects, met so many different movie stars and producers and, you know, billion dollar, you know, actors mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And still, when it gets pulled away, you're like, why are you showing me this? Yeah. Like, why, why, why universe are you just torturing me? Mm-hmm. It's, I'd rather be that poor independent filmmaker in his mom's basement who has never been even remotely close sometimes. Yep. Because yeah. it's just like, oh, it's yes. so brutal on you. It's really brutal. It doesn't make sense either. It just doesn't make sense. And they just dismiss you like, yeah, well, don't worry about it. It's all right. You know, yeah. move on. And you're like, what? But I, I've told everyone. And that's a lesson as well. Ooh. Don't tell anyone. Shut Don't your hole. shut your mouth. <laughs> and that's dangerous for us because we have podcasts. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> I've, 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 there's a few things where I go, oh, I better cut that out because I've talked about a project, you know, and you go, well, it's not definitely happening yet. Um, yeah, it, it, it's true. But we talk about as the ones we've done a lot rather than the ones that we met. I've noticed you're very good at that. But- you won't. You, especially with um, On the Corner of Ego and Desire. I oh, love no. the way you deliver that. It's kind of, there it is. I've just made a feature film. Brilliant. Right, that, Absolutely that, brilliant. So I'll tell you a little bit about This Is Meg and how that got going so the audience can kind of hear that because that was a very specific mm. difference then from On the Corner of Ego and Desire. I actually put my complete balls out there on This Is Meg. I'm like, guys, we're making a movie. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it and I don't know how it's going to happen and we're going to just still go do it. And I crowdfunded it. And, and we just went through this whole process and I had no idea how it was going to turn out, but I was talking about it the entire time. So I literally, mm. I could not fail. I had mm. to, I had to present something. Um, yeah. but yet with that fear of, 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 oh my God, what's going to happen? I, it was very liberating because I just said to myself, I don't care what happens. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to give it my best shot and nobody in my community is going to bust my balls about going after it. So I'm just going to go do it. And and the way my mentality was, you know what? If it doesn't go the way I want it to, screw it. I still got, I have indie film hustle I can go back to. Well, exactly. And the indie film hustle is brilliant. It's a platform that helps indie filmmakers. You go on there, you want to know something, it will tell you. There's so many <laughs> podcasts, there's so many blogs and articles that you cannot fail. It is wonderfully presented, wonderfully set up, and you must have taken a long time yeah. to do that. And I'm sort of looking at you going, yeah, with mine, I just stick, you know what I mean? I kind of just stick them up. I haven't got time. I'm like, Alex, man, <laughs> it, it, this, this is brilliant. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, guys. Really, really have a look at that. So you run that, you run the podcast. I run the podcast. I run now two podcasts. I run the Indie Film Hustle yes. podcast and then now the Bulletproof Screenplay podcast, which is yeah. dedicated just to screenwriters. Uh, mm-hmm. IndieFilmHustle.com, uh, as well as um, uh, the YouTube channel and all the social media platforms and all that stuff. I do pretty much everything myself. Um, do you? Yeah, I, wow. do, I don't have anybody, which is horrible. I need to, I'm starting to slowly hire some help. But it's a lesson that you can learn is that if you don't learn how to delegate and you don't bring mm-hmm. in a team, you won't grow. You will, you get to a wall that you just, physically can't not do there's not enough hours in the day and i've hit that wall already yeah, um i imagine I, i've hit that wall completely Did, and, it's, and when i was making the movie and I was doing posts on on ego and desire there were six weeks that i was still putting out two podcasts a week 
But and I told everybody, sorry, I can't. And that's for me slacking. And um, I'm like, I can't do anything else, guys. I'm in this top secret project. Let's talk about this is Meg first. Okay. So this is Meg. It's mm-hmm. like a sneak peek into the Los Angeles lifestyle mm-hmm. of a working but not famous female actress comedian's point of view that is forced to shift with the social media wave. Mm-hmm. So talk us through. This is Meg. Talk us through. Uh, you've done your Kickstarter. You, well, actually, you actually, we started the, we started filming the movie before we did the, we did the crowdfunding um, because we yeah. because I wow. just had to go and it was so cheap. The movie was mm-hmm. the movie. I can't tell you the budget, but it was no, it, no. ridiculously cheap. It's 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 micro budget indie filmmaking. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, um, and and um, so we just started. I was like, I can finance this myself, and 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 okay. me and me and my friend Jill, who was a star of it. It was based mm-hmm. on her life, and she wrote the script. Um, and, uh, not the script, the script meant, which is a, a very structured outline of each mm-hmm. scene with a complete character arc and, and story arc, but how the actors get from point A to point B in each scene is up to them. Um, yes. and we hired amazing actors who are all her friends who you, so you got Krista Allen, you got yeah. Joseph D. Rettman, Deborah yeah. Wilson, Carlos Alzraki, yeah. uh, Jenica Brigier. Brigier. Yeah, Brigier. Yes. Amazing, Brigier. amazing cast. Yeah. Amazing, amazing cast. Everybody, faces you recognize everywhere. They've been in a yeah, million absolutely. Yeah, and your lead there, you mentioned uh, is Jill, is Jill Michelle Millian. Millian, um, yes, yeah. Millian, who's, who's fantastic. Absolutely she, wonderful. Thank what you, thank you. fine she is. Yeah, she was great. And I've known her for a, over a decade. And, and, you know, I just called her up one day after I was, uh, after another project that I was attached to to direct, fell through i just said i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. i'm 40 i'm 40 or i was yep. 41 at the time i'm like i can't do this i'm not 20 anymore mm-hmm. i have to just you know what screw it i'm gonna do what i preach about i'm just gonna go out and make a movie screw it and yep. exactly what i did and i called her up i said hey i want to make a movie i want to make a movie about your life about what you're going through as a female actress and can we stand up and mm-hmm. stand up comedian and uh i'm gonna direct it and you're gonna star in it and she's like okay and a month later we were shooting. That's the way to do it. For just, people listening out there, just do it. Do it. Find people you know and go make that film. Right. I love that. And then we uh, just and then we just found the resources that we had at our disposal. It's like, okay, we can write mm-hmm. scenes around my house. I have two or yep. three scenes in my house, two or three scenes at your house. We'll uh, we'll ask you some of your friends that they could borrow their houses, and we just did that. And we literally just and we shot it in eight days over the course of six weeks clever yeah um, we had to work around we had to work around mm-hmm. their schedule which was great mm-hmm. actually because i was editing during that time and i could That's... see how the things were working What's yeah wonderful. so if something wasn't right you go actually we just need a pickup of that whereas you can't do that when everyone's left and someone's grown the hair or cut it or whatever right or change the color of their hair like jill did. uh-huh yeah, uh, yeah. God. <laughs> but anyway so we did all of that um we mm-hmm. put it out there we world premiered at cinequest at the cinequest film festival yeah that's great uh, festival a great yeah. festival and then um, we eventually put it out on um, – we self-distributed it um, ourselves on all the online platforms that you can think of uh, as well as getting it sold by uh, – getting it sold to Hulu. So mm-hmm. we actually – Hulu is very big here in the States. It's kind of like Netflix, but it's like yes. Netflix's com- competitor here in the States. Um, and all the – like three studios own it. I think like Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers, they all have like a piece of it. So mm-hmm. uh, we got sold to that, which was huge for us for such a little yeah. movie. And mm-hmm. then we also sold it internationally. We sold it uh, in China. We sold it in South Africa. We sold it in different territories through a traditional distributor who took over the international rights for it. Yeah, and- was, that involved, was that working with Distriba? Yeah, well, for for distributor was for the self distribution stuff. 
Yeah. Okay. So all all the self distribution stuff was through Distributor, and they were amazing. They're great partners of ours. Yes, it's a clever way of doing it. What, what made you want to do it that way? I, I think I know why, but it, because I needed, I needed to, I needed to prove it to my the indie film hustle tribe. I needed to. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I needed to prove uh, a model that worked, and I was like, "Look, uh, I might preach about this stuff, but I went out there, put my balls out there, and I did it. And here's mm. the and I and I walked them through this entire process during the while I was making it. So it is doable, and it is very doable to do. Um, and and it's something you can replicate. And sure, I had actors that you know were you know probably bigger than your general indie film is going to get, mm-hmm. um, but the model is there. Um, and by the yeah. way, none of these actors were like box office draws that are going to mm-hmm. like bring me millions of dollars. It didn't work that way. They were just all faces that people really knew, and they were at the end of the day just good actors, great, amazing performers uh, that I was able to work with. But that's why I did it. I wanted to just kind of, and also the big other reason I wanted to do it is I want to prove to myself that I could yeah. do it because, and I think so many filmmakers come up with this idea of the feature film <clears throat> or the web series or whatever they're trying to do as this big giant mountain that has to be climbed and, and when you, when you do something, it has to like be super successful. Like, you know, it has to be Reservoir Dogs. It has to be El Mariachi. It's got to be mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity, whatever, off your first bat. And it doesn't work that way. And I always use baseball as an analogy. It's like if you're going up to the plate every time swinging for a home run, you will strike out. But yep. if you go up there, go, look, I'm going to hit a single. I might t- turn that single into a double. And that's what Meg was. It was, a, it, was mm-hmm. a, it was a single that I turned into a double. And it was a success. I got on, yeah. I got on base. I could prove myself that I could hit the ball. And now, yeah. and then every time you go up, you just have to go up again and again because even in baseball, the best player ever failed 65% of the time. So true. I say this as well with our guys. It's, it's, the pressure is so big to make a big hit. Your parents are going, Oh, I can't wait. Is it, what is it? How is it going to be in the mm-hmm. cinemas? Mm-hmm. All my friends are going to see it. And it's like, forget that. Make the film that's right for you and don't expect it to do big guns. Just make a film. And like Alex is saying, just hit, hit it, hit it, do the next one, the next one, the next one. Think about the long game rather than suddenly becoming an overnight success. Because the, the Sean Baker example is perfect with Tangerine. That wasn't his first film, but a lot of people think fourth it or was. Fifth. It was fourth or fourth fifth. Or fifth. Yeah. Exactly. He'd been around a long time making movies. So it's, yeah, Alex is exactly right there. Just it's, it's a great example and, and we should be listening to this so can people see this is meg in the uk at the moment yes it should in the uk still should be on itunes you could always go to vimeo and Mm -hmm. uh and you can rent it or buy it on vimeo.com as well so there for international anywhere internationally you can uh rent it or buy it there as well perfect and i'll put this in the show notes as well so you can go and watch it and support alex and support indie filmmakers as i presume you're doing all the time with all my guests is supporting them and if not just at least following them on twitter it's <laughs> the least you can do for this yeah I absolutely agree um so let's talk about on the corner of ego and desire now this is the film you made at the sundance film festival when the sundance film festival was happening <laughs> yes this is genius <laughs> absolutely fucking genius <laughs> It's three hapless independent filmmakers. They make the trek to the Sundance Film Festival and go through absolute hell in search for the elusive producer that is supposedly going to buy their independent feature film. All within 24 hours. 
ignorance, foolishness, and above all, ego drive the team to implosion as they struggle to realize their filmmaking dreams. People keep on looking at me. They might just think that I'm somebody who's already famous. Absolutely fucking brilliant idea. <laughs> Thanks. Man. What a genius idea. Why would no one else have thought of this? This is ace. And the trailer's great, by the way. I, I just played it then. Oh, thank uh, you. The teaser trailer. I'm going to come out with a story trailer soon, but that was the teaser trailer to kind of get people excited about it. Okay. So why, why come up with it? How did it happen? Um, um, why? Man, it is, <laughs> it is the strangest story uh, you can imagine, but... Um, hmm. I have a friend of mine, his name is Adam Bowman, who is uh, my producer, my co-producer on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I, the year before, did a bunch of interviews at his um, condo that he owns at the bottom of Main Street uh, right. on, on, at, at Park City, in Park City, Utah, where the Sundance Film Festival is every year. So he's been to the Sundance Film Festival probably about 20 times. I've been there probably about six. And... Hmm. Um, we're sitting there in, I think it was October that we were like sitting there like, okay, let's battle plan what we're going to do this year at Sundance. You know, we want to do something big, you know, with more interviews and stuff like the year before we had Elijah Wood on the show and mm. a bunch of filmmakers and it was super cool and we got a lot of great guests and it was just awesome. Yeah. You know, I met yeah, and you, you filmed some of those as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we filmed, we filmed they're most of them. Yeah, they're all on, yeah. on YouTube and you can see them and the Elijah one is genius. Was just, we had yeah. such a great time. Um, and so we were like, okay, we got to do something bigger and let's see, what can we really do? Cause that first year we were kind of like just running and gunning it. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're like, all right, let's, let's think about it. And we're sitting there in his office and I just, for whatever godforsaken reason, I turned to him and I said, <laughs> you know, I, I feel that it would be irresponsible of us not to shoot a feature film at Sundance this year. <laughs> and he goes, continue. <laughs> And I and yeah. I literally at the moment I had not given this a thought at all. I swear to you. From the moment that I said, I think we should shoot a movie at Sundance this year. And then he's like, Okay, what are you thinking of? I'm like, why don't we shoot about a story? And I literally came with it up on the fly about three filmmakers um that are chasing a producer and trying to sell a movie. Mm-hmm. Um it was originally a script, but then we turned it into a movie because we thought that would even be better of like trying to sell a movie. Um, that they had no business making, uh, and they make every mistake in the book, uh, yep. on how they made it, how they're trying to sell it, and every mistake in the book about Sundance. Cause there's so oh. many, like, nuances of people who've been to Sundance who, mm-hmm. like, you know, they don't think about the altitude. 
They don't think, obviously, the cold weather, but the altitude, which will kill you. Uh, not being able to get into any parties. Um, <laughs> like, you know, not being able to get into any screenings or any, like, all these little things that are so <clears throat> Sundance-centric. And we're like, well, we'll have them do it in 24 hours because that's just the stupidest thing ever to try to do Sundance in 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. And they've never been there. So we do all these, and I threw all these ideas out, and then Adam was throwing ideas out, and we kind of just kind of started tossing stuff out. And I'm like, all right, we've got something. And mm-hmm. he's like, all right, go off and write it. I'm like, all right, I'll go off. And, and I wrote this scriptment in like less than a week, uh, purely because it was every story I've ever heard of. Uh, every mistake yes, that yeah. I've ever heard of being made, any mistake that I've made. Um, there's things that were lifted straight from my life onto the screen. So it's a very personal movie in a lot of ways. And I just, I, I just started calling up, ac- you know, actors in LA. I was like, Hey, you know, you guys want to do this? And I had some, some bigger name actors attached at one point, but then they got cold feet because they're like, Oh, I don't know. And it was a, look, look, this is the pitch, man. We're going to go mm-hmm. shoot a movie at Sundance. We're going to gorilla it at Sundance. I have no idea what we're, what's going to happen. We have a scriptment, not even a screenplay, a scriptment, and we're going to go off and have some fun. Brilliant. It, Brilliant. Ta- it takes a, a, a good set of balls. It does. For so someone not to everyone ju- to is ju- in for that. Yeah, yeah especially to, bigger names. Yeah. yeah, to jump on for that scenario, even with who I was, you know, whatever little mm-hmm. success I've had, and mm-hmm. with Indie Film Hustle, and all that stuff helps, but at the end of the day, you need to have a brave soul or souls to do this. Everybody across the board, behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I called my buddy up, Austin, who's a cinematographer, and he's like, I'm in. I'm in. Right. Done. Because he, right. he helped me with... Um, he was my second camera on Meg, and we became friends. He's like, I'm in. Let's do this. Um, Love it. And I, yes. told, and I told him the camera we were going to use, and it was on my camera gear, and the lenses I wanted to use, and he was like, dude, stop talking. I'm in. So um, <laughs> then we found an amazing audio guy that was a friend of his, Kyle. Uh, mm-hmm. So he came on, and that was based, and then a friend of mine, uh, his name is Straw, wanted to come, and he's like the most overqualified PA ever because uh, he's <laughs> like in his late 60s and he's done 20 <laughs> features. Um, but he's like, I want to go. I want to see this. So, yeah. um, uh, and then I finally found three amazing actors in New York. I live in Los Angeles. I literally mm. had to fly actors in from New York. How embarrassing is that? All wow. actors in Los Angeles. How embarrassing is that? That is pretty embarrassing, right? but amazing. And it's uh, yeah, what it, they're a really cool little cast as well. It was um, it was great, and these guys were perfect because they were all Sundance uh, Sundance. Um, newbies newbies virgins mm-hmm. yeah. uh and they had never been to sundance and the lead who was uh sonia uh, o'hara mm-hmm. who is uh a director in her own right she's actually oh, a director wow. she was speaking at south by southwest later that uh that year later wow. or, later in march because she just finished a web series she was getting signed mm-hmm. so she was and she's also an actress so she was an actual director and i said you know what i want to have a female director in the lead because I've never seen that ever mm-hmm. in any movie yep. about movies. No one's That's ever put it. That's very true. Yeah. Think of a movie. Good. There's never been a female director. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw a female director in there because I want that energy. And yeah. then she was excited because she's like, oh, my God, I've never seen a female director in one of these kind of movies. And I've never seen one who was a complete and utter douche. And she's like, because she's so ego. As you can see it in the trailer, she's so up her own butt. 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's so wonderful, and she plays it so beautifully. And every all the actors are great. So we and the and the pitch, and then the, I, I honed my pitch a little bit, and I said, "Look, do you want to? Um, I'm going to take you to Sundance. You're going to go to Sundance, and if you do this movie, you will have a story to tell for the next 20 years that no mm-hmm. one else at a party will ever be able to tell." Yep. That's the story. That's 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 the that's, uh, that's the pitch. I'm in. And you want to? And, and do you want to go on an adventure? Do you yep. want to go on an adventure? And and yep. that was the that was the thing. And and they all said, "Absolutely, let's do, yeah. let's go do this." Let's do this. So, so we're all there. We fly yeah. in and 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 we shoot a movie in about four days. Four days. Well, yeah, Wait. that's all we had. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, that's the whole festival. I mean, I the festival maybe... was ten days, but we were only there for like five. <sighs> Five or six, so what, I wondered six. if you'd done some other shots. You'd sort no. of gone, okay, well, let's, when the festival's finished the or movie, in a different location to make it The movie is 100% shot in Sundance. So the pressure on me to get everything we need because there are no reshoots. There no. Are, there's no wraparounds. The pressure of trying to get an oh entire gosh. feature shot in the time frame with equipment with people I literally just met off the, I mean, other than on the phone, I literally just met them, so I really don't no know way. how it's going to work. Wow, wow, wow! Yeah, they, yeah, they could be pricks. Yeah, no it idea. Could, it, it was just, it was the most wonderful experience of my life. Because was, was it? It was wonderful because you're running around Sundance. My theory was that at Sundance, there's so many cameras walking around that no one's going to care. Yep. Uh, that's what I was going to say. That's the perfect way to do it. Because you shot in a black magic as well, which doesn't, you know, there's probably not a big bigger footprint. people. Exactly. There's probably bigger people there doing just, you know. But after I got there, I behind feel, the scenes. After I got there, though, and started shooting on the streets, I realized I could have brought out an Alexa package and no one would have given a shit. <laughs> it's, I'm like, it's, but I'm glad I shot with the black magic because that was the look that I was going for. I was going for this mm-hmm. like 90s Super 16 style. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was, it was a, it's a love letter to Sundance. Uh, yeah. It's a bitter, uh, kind of a bittersweet love letter to Sundance because we none of us have. I've never been to Sundance, like in the festival. Most people listening to this podcast will never be in the festival. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, it's just the the reality of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's kind of bittersweet, but it's still a love letter to the festival. It is definitely a love letter to Park City during the festival, um, mm-hmm. and it is basically a satire. Of independent filmmakers. I wanted to make a Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap for independent filmmakers uh, about a movie about trying to sell a movie, which is something that I've never seen either. I've only seen movies about making movies, not about the journey uh, the, of trying to the get journey, it The journey, the end bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine if you got into Sundance with this. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it. But... No, I've never thought about it. Of course, I have. <laughs> how meta would that be? Like, oh. how meta would it be to be? The scene out in front of the Egyptian while we're playing in the Egyptian. Yeah. My, it literally, I think the, the time, the, the space time continuum would, would crack. Would, but, but how, <laughs> but how wonderful would that be? How amazing and how, hey, hey, let's not, let's not, you know, Well, no, there, look, but... it's being, look, it's, it's a, when I, when I filmed it, it was, mm-hmm. it was literally this year. So every, yes. and then we were done with post production in five weeks, uh, mm-hmm. because we were rushing for another festival submission. So, um, it was done in five weeks. So for me, I never left Sundance. Like I just kept, I'm, I still haven't, honestly. I keep watching the movie and I'm doing things with it. We're finishing. It's just like we're never gone from Sundance. So. Um, you know it so well now. I know. You'll be like next year, be like, ah, been there, done this. Yeah. (laughs) And so the, um, the journey we're going for right now is we are going to do some other festivals, but we, we're going to reach out to Sundance 
uh, when mm-hmm. the time is appropriate and go, look, we, do you want us? Um, where do you want us? Yeah. Do you where wa- do you want us? Yeah. Where do you want us would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I'd be like, look, if you want us, you're the one. We want mm-hmm. you, baby. Um, yeah. But in many ways, like if we get offers, for, I mean, for, for U.S. release, for international yeah. releases, you know, we're submitting to Toronto and other big festivals as well, uh, okay. which would be amazing. Um, but, you know, obviously a movie shot about Sundance would be amazing. to pre- If we were premiering at Sundance or Slamdance for that, mind you, mm-hmm. um, yep. I think it would be the hottest. I think people would go go crazy it'd be one of the hottest tickets in town i agree Pure, purely because of what it is not because of me or the no. movie itself just the concept of like some crazy motherfucker went out and shot an entire movie <laughs> at last year's sundance and they're playing it down the street do you want to go see it yep yep I'm every film every filmmaker i've ever told this to uh-huh. about this movie they go stop it stop it just take my money yeah, well, 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 that's what's great about this idea is that regardless whether it gets in Sundance, Slamdance, wherever it goes, is that people like me, like a lot of my listeners listening, will want to watch this movie. Because we all like watching movies about behind the scene because we all go, yep, uh, uh, yeah, I've done that, I've been there. This is perfect. It's, you've, you know your audience, you know the people who want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, you, absolutely wonderful. Did you have any issues filming it then so you're in sundance did you get permissions how did it work <laughs> you're adorable you... sir you're adorable thank you. thank you i've been told that <laughs> permissions listen man look we went around and shot everywhere right i mean we walked into restaurants sat mm-hmm. down and started shooting now the restaurants were so cool that they're like do you want us to turn the music off wow i mean we walked oh my Gosh. We shot in uh we shot in the bookstore, uh Molly's bookstore, which is famous in Park City. Mm-hmm. We shot at the chocolate factory there. Um everybody like th- we had employees from there in the movie. We shot with bouncers out front of places that we couldn't get into, and they're like, sure, we'll be in the movie. And they were in the movie. Um yeah. we shot on the on the trolley, we shot on yeah. the buses everywhere and everybody was like hey do you need any help because no one really knew what we we're doing because no one believed us no yes. anyone anytime anyone asked like we're shooting something for youtube like it just i uh. just it just didn't come because no one's ever done it no one would believe us that we were shooting mm-hmm. a movie who yeah in well, their right, yeah who in their right mind would go what for it oh come on this is yeah whatever but Don't i think the, the level of the ballsiness that we got is we actually shot at sundance festival headquarters <laughs> <laughs> We, we literally walked in and shot two huge scenes in festival headquarters. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, we're driving in the bus. We're riding the bus to the festival headquarters. And we're like, I tell the cast and the crew, I'm like, dude, we're going to the belly of the beast. Let's yeah. do this. And, you know, we just walked in in the middle of the, I'm telling you, in like literally in the middle where everyone could see, we mm-hmm. sat there and shot a scene. And then, oh. That we, is just ballsy. It's just, and we shot multiple takes too. It wasn't a one taker. We like shot. We're <laughs> like, okay, turning him round. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the, and, and the other side. Let's get a wide. And then we and we and we used the slate. Was my iPhone? I used the app. Yeah, the slate. The app. app the app um, slate. That's there. You go. And then people not drawing attention. But so, I imagine if you turned to a few of the people who were there and said, "Can you guys just move away?" Oh, I did that. Right. I did that too. Oh no, I have that. They were literally in a shot. Some some groups you know from you know from japan they're talking mm-hmm. japanese they sit in front of me i'm like they're in the middle of my damn shot we're rolling yeah 
Yeah. I, and I literally walk in. I'm like, excuse me, we're shooting here. Can you move over, please? <laughs> and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they just walked away. It was just yeah. surreal. It's surreal, surreal. dude. Uh, the only issue, oddly enough, the only issue we had was the, the, the big party scene that we actually shot at our place. Because right. I was batting off drunks left and right. Because we actually shot at a party, a, a real Sundance party, which we throw every year. And it's like, you know, 300 people. Well, drink. your party, your yeah, own it's party. Our, our own party oh, okay. that we shoot, that Adam throws every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, it was insane. It was insane. Um, how but, did you deal with like noise levels? And I know you're saying at certain times you tell people to turn it down, but when it's a party, labs, I know it's yours. Labs, labs. What we did just you shot, do? Labs, shot labs, 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 okay. and, and boom. And oddly enough, it worked. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's one of the, it's the best sounding thing I've ever done. It's, it's, it's shocking. I have to give credit, amazing credit to both Kyle and my mm-hmm. sound post guy, Lucian, who both were, they're geniuses. They're geniuses, you know, and, and it sounds amazing. And this is from a guy who's delivered 50 odd features in a professional environment over the course of mm-hmm. my career. It is, it is professionally, I could not believe how good it sounded. And oddly, and oddly enough, I didn't believe how amazingly it looked. Austin did an amazing job. And yeah. then I color Austin Nordell, right? Yeah, Austin Nordell. And then I also mm-hmm. color graded it. So mm-hmm. I knew what I was going to get out of it. And that little camera was amazing. I showed it to Black Magic. And they were mm-hmm. like, holy cow. Like, how did you do that? And I'm like, that's insane. Oh, that's, it's, it's genius. It's really good. And uh, so in terms of did things evolve when you were there, you suddenly saw something... You went, oh, we've got to shoot that. Right. Oh, Let's God, have yes. This scene here. It was, yeah? it was, it was the only thing I can compare it to is jazz. Oh. Because it's improvis, improvisational directing as well mm-hmm. as, as writing as well as performing. I just floated. There was a very simple structure. I mean, not simple structure, but it was a structure of a story. Mm-hmm. So I needed to get that. That was, right. I'm like, minimum, I, in order to be able to tell a beginning, middle, and end, this needs to happen. Got yeah. Other than that, we would walk around and we're like, let's get a shot here. Okay, great. Let's go upstairs. We walk into a restaurant. They had a balcony. Hey, can we shoot on the balcony? Sure, go right up. We walk up, shoot a scene at the balcony right in front of the Egyptian. So now oh. we're on a second story shot mm. next to the Egyptian with the Egyptian background as this guy oh. does a scene. As, as one of my actors does a scene. So we were doing that stuff constantly. You know, there's a scene, if you see in the trailer, that it looks like we shut down Main Street. Yes. Yep. Well, we woke up at five, we we woke up at five o'clock in the morning and my theory was that nobody would be there. And my theory was correct. And all the lights were on. Ah. So So you were like, whoa, this is. We literally are running around Main Street as a back lot. On the middle of the street, doing whatever we want. We actually literally even went into the Egyptian to warm up because we were freezing our asses off. Cold. Um, it's cold. And we had to spend $4 for coffee, but we still did. And uh, we're okay. in the Egyptian. We actually have – I had shot an interview there <laughs> while we were inside like, hey, guys, what are we doing? And so, Really? Yeah, because it's <laughs> surreal, dude. The whole thing was so surreal. We went so fast mm. that it, it doesn't make it, – it seems like a dream. It, because yeah. it was, you know, no one does this. No one shoots a movie this quickly. 
Um, no one does this kind of filmmaking in this kind of place. No one had ever done it before. Um, I expect after this movie gets, re- I expect that there's going to be more films being shot at Sundance next year. I just next have a, seven I, crews. All I, there, I, I just, I just really feel that that's going to happen. So I really need to get this movie out as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> we had a ball. We had, a, we had. A, it's just, oh. I can't tell you how much fun this is, and it, it honestly is. Um, somebody who watched it, one of the one of the f- a few people that I've shown it to, um, gave me a great critique. It's exquisitely gut wrenching. Oh, was the, okay. Was the critique because it is as funny as it is. It, there is a lot of heart in it, mm. and you can tell there's a lot of pain from and the person who made it, and yeah, yeah. tremendous amount of truth. Actually, so mm. much truth it kind of washes over you. Um, it is a very there's some there's some scenes that will make you cry um, because I cried while I was editing them, and it is it's a it, you know it's it's the story of every filmmaker. And what they're trying to do. And if you're a filmmaker and you watch this and you don't tear up a little bit, you're dead inside. <laughs> no, I can't so- wait. I can't wait to watch this. And what about distribution for it? You're going to do, don't do know the same yet. thing you did with This Is Megan. No, what we're going to out yourselves. Well, what we're going to do, look, I could, tur- I could literally put this, this movie out tomorrow and, I, and we could start selling it. Like, right. literally, I could put it out and we could start selling it. Um, tomorrow to my audience and to like your audience and, and it'll start, I could easily do that. But I, 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 I think the film deserves the opportunity to, to see where it can go because I love, I love the film. It's probably, it is the best thing I've ever done personally in my, my humble opinion of my own work. It is the Mm -hmm. most, it's the most, the most, uh, accurate and the most of me I've ever had in any film. And I love it. I absolutely love the film. And, and I've shown it to a whole bunch of people here in LA, uh, that are friends of mine and industry people and non-industry people. And, and, and people really seem to enjoy it, especially industry people. Like they just get mm-hmm. it wholeheartedly. Get it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in terms of, yeah, we're gonna, so, we're, so we're the distribution go the side, what are you going to do? We're going to go through festivals first and see what, what opportunities present themselves. There's always cool. the possible, there's always the option of going self distribution. There's always a, po- a po- you know, uh, just, you know, going to a normal, a smaller distributor or whatever, but I want to give it the opportunities at the festivals and see if we can get picked up by a bigger distribution company. Maybe we could even get a small theatrical, you know, maybe we could get mm-hmm. an international distribution on this because it is a small community. But there are a lot of filmmakers out there, and this is so perfectly built for filmmakers um, and that audience and cinephiles that it really – I mean, it's its literally constructed for them. So we'll and see. not only that, it's a slice of life, a slice of history from the Sundance Film Festival mm-hmm. that will always be on film. I that hope so. is I, cool. I, I, that, that is something I, I – it, it would be awesome. It is mm-hmm. awesome that, that you know, we – that, you know, Sundance 2018 – will live in this film forever and all yep. of the magic that happened that year um yes. will live on this um alex obviously you do this a lot and you give advice to filmmakers a lot mm-hmm. but you've not done it on the filmmakers podcast yet and this is your <laughs> first appearance and you'll be on again i'm sure could you give some of your best advice <laughs> um to 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 the tribe here in the uk wow man um i think the biggest thing is to <sighs> Get out of your own way. Stop being afraid and just go out and do it. Do it. And I know a lot of people say that it is to, to do that, but 
don't be afraid. Mm. Uh, it took me 23 years to figure that out. And I don't want you guys to have to go through that. You know, um, or it took me 20 odd years before I made my first movie because mm-hmm. I was afraid, because I was waiting for everything to be perfect. And, and when you, and when you have those kind of conversations in your mind, like I need to shoot on the red camera or I need an Alexa package or I need this actor and I need a million dollars or more to make this kind of story. And this is a, it's excuses. It's all bullshit. It's something, mm-hmm. it's your excuses that you're making to yourself because you're scared. Cause you're scared to just go out there and do it. Especially when you're starting, when you're moving along a different level in your career that's different. But when you're starting out and you're coming up with those kind of excuses is because you're scared. And that's nothing wrong with fear. We all go through it. We all need it. And we all need it there so we can overcome it. Because that's what courage is. Courage is going forward even though you're afraid. Amazing. And and that is what you need to do. And in today's world, with today's technology... There is no excuse. If Sean Baker can go out and make Tangerine on an iPhone, if mm-hmm. I can go over to Sundance and shoot mm-hmm. for four days with a $1,000 camera with two guys, basically, one camera guy, one audio guy, and myself, and run around the whole all of Sundance with a monopod, not even a tripod, a monopod, <laughs> with actors and shoot a movie that hopefully will impact people's lives in one way, shape, or form, then you guys can do it too. And that was another reason why I wanted to make Ego on the Corner of Ego and Desire. Because Meg was one thing, but this is a whole other level of 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 what can be done. You know, mm-hmm. Meg was safe. Er. We were in houses. We didn't kind of go out anywhere. I was a little bit more timid. Mm-hmm. This is balls to the wall. Let's go out and make a movie. And I'm just going to go and do it and run and get what I need to get and go. Be safe about it. Don't steal anything from anybody. Don't break the mm-hmm. law. Yeah. Have it. Have insurance. But. Have insurance. But. Go and do it. And don't let anything get out, get in your way, especially yourself. Because out of everyone listening here, I guarantee you most of the obstacles in front of you, you have placed there. Mm. And you've got to get those obstacles out of the way because there's plenty of obstacles waiting for you in this business. So why not lighten your your load, if you will, and make that journey a little bit easier by not stopping yourself or hurting yourself or or giving excuses to yourself. Just go and do it. And I promise you, even if you fail, it'll be a good thing because if you're going to fail, fail often because that's the only way you learn is by mm. failing. Because you don't learn by victories. You learn by failures. So fail as often as you can and do it often. Get it all out of the way at the beginning so then you can get down to the work that needs to be done. And that's hopefully where I am in my journey right now. Don't say I'm never going to fail again. Um, but I failed so much <laughs> <laughs> in my career and I've been beaten up so mm. much over the last yep. two decades. It's almost a surprise we still do it sometimes, isn't it? It's well, because like, wow. we're, we're crazy, man. We're all nuts. Yeah. You know, we have to do this because it's a calling. It's not a career. It's a calling. You have to love this. You have mm. to wake up in the morning and go, this is what I want to do with my day. This is what I want to do with my life. And I don't care if I get paid for it. That's the kind of energy you should get paid for it, but it's the kind of energy that you need to put out there, especially when you're starting out. Because if you're getting into the business for money, holy shit, you're in for a big surprise. Uh, yeah. If you're getting into it for fame, holy shit, you're oh. in a big, big surprise. This is a ball busting, yeah. brutal fucking business. It's brutal, and it will 
beat you down to a place that you will never understand. But as as the famous Rocky Balboa once said, mm. it's not as it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Alex, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to your journey, um, not only on the podcast, but today. This has been wonderful, uh, real insight for our filmmakers, the guys who are listening and also listening to your podcast to say, you can do it. There is no excuses. Get out there. Go make your film. Grab your mates and go shoot something. Prove to whoever you need to prove that to that you can make a film. Do it. Get on with it. Get on with it. Alex Ferrari, you are a star. You are (laughs) absolutely someone who's wonderful in the indie filmmaking scene. And I appreciate everything you do. I honestly mean that. Uh, Real inspiration to me. So thank you. Thank you, Um, my friend. I appreciate that. That's humbling. So I appreciate that. And thank no you for problem. the good work you're doing on the other side of the pond, man. Thank you. Thank you. No, no worries. And I know that both our podcasts go across and I've got a lot of American listeners and I know you've probably got a lot of UK listeners like myself. So it's nice that we're all mixing it up. Well, I'm sure we'll meet at some point and have a beer about all this. Sundance thing. next year, man. Come on. Sundance next year. I'll be there regardless. So got to come. When we'll just put it on, we'll set up a screen somewhere and we'll just oh, show no, it anyway. No, there will Fuck be it. a screening of on the Corner of Ego and Desire at Sundance this year. Somewhere. Yeah. It's Somewhere. going to happen. It has to happen. Okay. But it's if it's not at Sundance, it's at Slam Dance, and if it's not at Slam Dance, it's going to be in our condo. So yes, exactly. <laughs> and if not, it'll be in Rain Dance over here in the UK. So exactly. you know, one of the dances. One, one of the dances will, will will happen. Um, um, so where I, can people follow you? Obviously, they can go to the indiefilmhustle.com um, and look at all the info there and check out some amazing podcasts there. Um, where can they follow you online on your socials? Um, well, you can follow, obviously go to IndieFilmHustle.com. Uh, we're on iTunes for IndieFilmHustle.com, uh, IndieFilmHustle podcast and also the Bulletproof Screenplay podcast are both on iTunes as well. Um, our social media uh, is generally at IndieFilmHustle except for Instagram, which is iFilmHustle at iFilmHustle because Instagram and I had an issue. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a long story, another day, yeah, but we're, we're cool now. And then if you want to, if you want to see the trailer, uh, or any information about screenings for On the Corner of Ego Desire, just go to, uh, egoanddesirefilm.com. Amazing. Do you have a Twitter for Ego and Desire? I don't. I don't. I decided not okay. to start a Twitter for just the movie because, uh, for me, it didn't seem, for me to build, and this, we can have a conversation about this if you want, but. Yeah, you've for, got to build the audience. It takes time. Yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I already have an audience that's waiting for this movie. At, mm-hmm. at Indie Film Hustle. I mean, even so, my own personal Twitter, which is at I am Alex Ferrari, um, I barely do anything with that. It's just basically mm-hmm. rehashing of anything at Indie Film Hustle because everybody I, I, that follows me follows Indie Film Hustle. Um, and by the way, if anybody wants to see my other directorial work, you can go to alexferrari.com and you can see all my commercials and other things I've shot there uh, as well. Um, Perfect. But, and this is Meg. They can. Uh, it'll now be because you'll have you'll have. Put I'm going to call. On. I'm literally going to drop an it's, email the second it, we get it, off this. It's phone. now back on iTunes uh, in the UK and in America. So go go watch it. You have yeah, no absolutely. excuses not to to watch this and support and at least retweet and at least follow Alex. A hundred percent. Why not? Why not? And subscribe to his podcast. It's what it's all about: supporting each other. Alex, thank you for your time. Oh, my friend, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and again, thank you for doing the good work you're doing over there on 
uh, on the other side of the pond, man. Thank you. No problem. Um, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson. Uh, the filmmakerspodcast.com is where we have all our old podcasts, including ones with Mark Strong, Rupert Graves, so many indie filmmakers. The list goes on. Joey Answer. Oh, I could go on forever. You know who they are. Go listen to them. Find the ones you want to listen to, the ones that are important to you, whether it's screenwriting, producing, directing, and get listening and get learning. Being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film. Know who your audience is. Get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send that elevator back down. Till next time. Bye-bye. That was awesome, man.